0: Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Showska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It looks like it's noon on Thursday, October 28th. And this is news that you can use from YAA. Hey there, Zach. How are you today?
1: Pops, I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: Oh my God. You know, I was I, I I've been told I look cute today. And unfortunately, I was I was going for ruggedly handsome.
1: You you typically look a little bit more cute than ruggedly handsome. I am so damn excited to be going live with you here today, Pops. We have a fantastic guest that'll be joining us, probably. I think, that in, in terms of YouTube celebrity status, we're probably at what? Maybe like a, a D? Uh, uh, minus or three. or
0: Minus three. Minus
1: three, minus, minus, three, minus
0: yeah. four, something like that. Yeah.
1: I think we're going above zero or maybe like above like a B plus today with the, uh, with the guests that we have. Marco Whiteboard Finance will be joining us here in just a second. Talk to him about his channel, how he got started on YouTube, and what he's seeing going on in automotive as well, Pops. How does that sound?
0: Uh, you know, I can't wait because Marco is one of my favorites.
1: It'll be fun to also talk about the origin story, how we got connected to him. Let's let's bring him in.
0: Okay. Pops, I think someone's at the door. Can you let him in? Oh, my God. It's Marco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So, quick story here. Just just very quick story, Marco. We were about to go live, you know, like three minutes ago. And I'm in a shared co-working space. And I'm walking back from the bathroom. And I've got Marco and my dad up on the screen. And one of the guys that works here, he literally... Like taps me on the shoulder and he's like is that marco whiteboard finance on your screen i'm like i'm like yeah you want to say hi so marco thanks for being here you're we got a, we got a celebrity on the show pops
0: we do we my do. pleasure
2: thank you for having me guys i don't consider myself a celebrity but i i'm glad to be on your show it's an honor thank you
0: well, well thank you for for joining us today
2: yeah it's awesome i think um so Everyone in the chat, please
1: welcome Marco for being here. Also, if you have questions for Marco, we can toss them at him as we get started going. Um, I think it's really so, Marco. I want to ask you a couple of questions about how you got started on YouTube, but I also just want to paint the picture for everyone here. Um, my dad and I started our channel uh, YAA. I guess it was almost two years ago now. And one of the one of the original videos, Dad, that we did was actually a reaction video to one of Marco's videos. Um, if I'm not, mis- I'm
0: not, cash I'm not cart- proud of that video. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm not proud of a lot of my videos <laughs> <laughs>
1: well pops it was it, it was a video that was like really well received in the sense that marco laid out really great advice and then you like reinforced it with your perspective um and so i kind of want to kick today's conversation off with marco how'd you get started with your channel and some of your biggest videos are are auto related videos i think you have some auto experience don't you
2: yeah, it's, it's crazy how those um, car videos kind of blow up. That's actually the initially what blew up the channel in the first place. Um, you and your dad know, but some of your audience members may or may not know. Um, I have sales experience, so I actually graduated in December of 2010 with a finance degree. And this was peak uh, unemployment after the great financial crisis after 2008. So I think unemployment was close to like 10% or so. And um, I'm in a you know, middle middle market, I guess, in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, finance is popular here, but no one was hiring. Um, so I actually ended up selling cars for about a year uh, with a finance degree, which is fine. But it's not why you know, I went to school for a finance degree in the first place. You know, there's nothing wrong with car sales, but um, I like cars. I like people. So I'm like, hey, let's get some sales experience. It's always good on a resume to have that. Um so uh I guess what really blew up my channel was uh the how car dealerships rip you off video and I was talking about one specific method so I was obviously painting with a broad brush which wasn't fair I get that um and I was kind of like a little bit snarky in that video but what I was criticizing was the four square technique specifically um it wasn't necessarily how all car dealerships operate uh with the advent of the internet and things like that um you know obviously you know, people are more transparent these days than, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, uh, for example. Um, but what I was really trying to get at in that video was the Foursquare method in general.
0: Yes, we've we've talked about the Foursquare and 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 the whole concept behind the Foursquare uh, and the reason dealers use it is is to get most people to concentrate on a payment or cash down and never concentrate on the out-the-door price. Um, exactly. So, yeah, it, it it's a technique that, I don't know ran over the uh the industry years and years and years ago i guess in the 70s it started
1: Yeah, and then you have other people on YouTube that are like, you know, uh, uh, providing the actual training to those that work in the dealership about, hey, here's how to use the FourSquare. So it's really important, though, and it's a fine line, right? You don't want to cast someone. So it's it's great that you have prior dealership experience. My dad obviously has four decades of dealership experience. Like, you can empathize with being on the other side of the desk, um, Mm -hmm. but it is really important if you walk into a dealership and you never seen the Foursquare square before and then you just go along with it you're going to get taken for a ride and so it's really important that uh you know your content's out there and, and i think our content as well it helps empower and educate and if i'm not mistaken that's what your whole channel's about right i mean it's not just about cars or car buying you've you've gone broader right i mean it's in the name whiteboard finance can you talk to us a little bit about the origin story of the channel how you got started and what you strive to do
2: yeah, absolutely. So I was telling your dad uh, before we went live here. So kind of the origin story was I always enjoyed teaching. So if I understand a subject well, and I want to help others, you know, I want to teach them about it. Sometimes that, you know, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions and people don't want to <laughs> hear it, you know, but I'm one of those people that it's like, you know, you know, I know uh, I'm a subject matter expert in XYZ. Let me try and help you. And some people are like, great, that's awesome. Other people are like, you know, get out of my face. Like, what are you doing? So anyway, um, the origin story was I was always passionate about teaching. I have a passion for finance, uh, personal finance, investing, real estate, all the uh, components of mainstream finance, if you will. And after I got my finance degree, I never scratched that itch of becoming like a financial advisor. Um, So financial advisor is basically my goal, a career goal, because it's kind of a teacher. It's kind of an advisor. It's kind of a fiduciary a trusted party. Um, and to me, trust means a lot. Um, so I, find a, I kind of felt like I naturally gravitated towards that role, but I never scratched that itch. So I worked in commercial real estate. I worked in a tech startup. I, w- I worked in car sales. Um, so I decided like, hey, you know, let me just buy this nice camera. You know, I'm going to I'm going to get into a hobby of taking nature photography, taking pictures of family, friends, capturing moments. You know, it's almost like a creative outlet. And I was telling your dad, you know, the thing just sat there and collected dust, you know, for like a year. So I'm like, I just bought this expensive camera, you know, it's something, uh, $1,300 at the time. And I said, you know what, I'm going to put this thing to use. So my brother-in-law and I, we went on Craigslist, I bought a huge whiteboard and I decided to scratch that itch of being a personal, you know, financial advisor through YouTube And I did that through making videos using that camera that was collecting dust. So um, a $1,200 investment plus, you know, I think I paid like 50 or 60 bucks for this whiteboard. It's about 10 feet to my left right here in the studio, Um, you know, has, you know, paid back multiples, not only to my viewers, but to me uh, personally as well.
1: Yeah, we love it. Um, It's awesome hearing different people, their origin stories, and then how much impact, you know, you can have because you're able to you know, get the courage to stand behind the camera and come up with a script and what you're going to say. It's really, really awesome.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you You, guys as well. You do a great service. You really, really do. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: One of our better performing videos was one time I convinced my dad to go up by a whiteboard. So you are onto something from day <laughs> one. Really, really work.
2: Well, I think it's the whiteboard kind of puts you in like a, a pseudo classroom setting. And people are either, you know, about it and they'll stay and watch, you know, a lot of the video or they're like, you know, screw this. I just I already went to college. I already went to high school. I don't want to sit in the classroom anymore. So um, I think once you engage people using the whiteboard, it's a really easy way to teach what you want to teach.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. All right. So Marco. Our daily show, it's called News You Can Use, we typically cover two, three, maybe if we're really aggressive, four topics. I'd like to cover a few with both of you here, primarily, and what I want to start with is it's earnings season. So for those of you that are you know, watching us live or if you're listening to the podcast afterwards, earnings season is when the public companies are coming out with their quarterly reports and saying, hey, here's how we performed. There's something really interesting going on right now, which is that the OEMs, the manufacturers, those that are producing vehicles in automotive, are struggling. I mean, there's no better way to put it. I've got some data. I didn't put this in the show notes, Pops, so don't don't give me too hard of a time here. But I'll share my screen here. There is a lot of friction happening right now in terms of producing cars. This came out just four hours ago from Bloomberg. I'll zoom in for you, Dad. I can see it. All right. (laughs) Toyota's global output plunges in September on supply chain issues. The automaker produced 512,000 vehicles last month, down from 841—I I mean, 842,000 a year earlier. You then add in what we saw from GM yesterday or two days ago now. Their net income in the third quarter dropped by 40%. You got to love their CEO saying they're still on track to meet their annual profit goal. You guys can coach me up on how the hell that makes sense, but more power to them. Then you've got Ford, whose net income was down 24% in the third quarter, revenue falling as well. VW down 12% in terms of profit. This is juxtaposed by, and this is where I'm going to open it up to both of you, Sonic Automotive post record Q3 revenue despite low inventory. We have um, Penske, Penske Automotive. My dad, you, you used to work for Penske, post record net income in Q3. Right. We put some of this data back on the YAA website as well as, of course, uh, today's stream. But it's crazy to me to see what's happening in terms of the OEMs, the manufacturers struggling, the dealerships thriving.
0: Well, and I I think part of that, Zach, if I may, um, you you know, the, the low day supply of cars is is creating an opportunity for dealers to do market adjustments and we've seen some crazy ones and and there's enough people out there that are willing to pay that and so dealership profits and and large retail groups like Penske and Sonic and AutoNation um you know their their per car average is way up and then their f and i average their back end average is way up so when you combine those all those circumstances it's easy to see how the dealerships can be making more money i i i'm not quite so sure how the manufacturers who make money wholesaling vehicles how they can reach their projections if they're i don't know producing three million less vehicles than they had intended
2: yeah, to that point, what I'm seeing is so I have two perspectives on this. Um, not necessarily from the quarterly earnings. I think a lot of this stuff, if we're going to talk about like stock prices, for example, a lot of this stuff could potentially be baked in um, because people, you know, on the street already knew that these uh, supply chain issues, especially with, you know, whether it's semiconductors or chips or whatever the case may be from China or wherever these things are coming from, uh, Wall Street probably already priced this into the stock price. You know, the the stock market is just basically a future discounting machine to come up with a net present value today um, between you so, and
1: me marco we're going to convince my dad that that's the truth today on this show. Yeah.
2: i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't maybe maybe i'm wrong but that's just my gut feeling but what i can say anecdotally is that i have a friend that owns a pretty big used car dealership he only does used cars um granted he's in a niche market he does mostly used trucks which trucks are always you know in demand uh, at least here in the midwest i'm in cleveland um, but I also the, I drive by the dealership that I used to work at literally every day. It's on the way next to a major highway exit that I use. And they have two sides to their lot. One side is used cars. The other side is new cars. The new car side is almost like a barren wasteland. I'm telling you, they only have cars parked right on front on the main street and everything behind it is vacant land, which used to be you know new inventory. But on the used car side, that seems to be at capacity. Um, So I guess to your point, um, I didn't mean to derail the conversation from OEMs and dealerships, but I can kind of see both sides of the coin. Um, So I think that what is happening right now to your dad's point is that there's so much money um, being flooded into the system right now that people are kind of just saying, hey, I don't mind paying this markup or I don't mind buying a new car to get certain incentives such as financing and things like that. Um, and I think it really just is a flood of money to where, you know, it's almost like people paying a little bit more to go to McDonald's, for example, you know, yes, it's a 10, 15, 20% increase in price, but at the end of the day, people kind of want their, their Big Mac kind of a thing.
1: I wonder if um, the environment that we're in, so Marco, when I first started the business and, and, you know, I, I super small channel, but I had like a personal YouTube channel where I talk about starting business starting yaa and i've written about it on my website and things like that when we first started the business and i wrote my dad out of retirement and got him to do it with me it was predicated on this idea that yes of course we're moving in a direction where the buying experience is going to be more tesla like one price the oem is selling to the consumer the -hmm. dealership model goes away i remember when we were going to raise venture capital for yaa we raised millions of dollars for the business and that was some of the pushback we got as well you know you're helping people buy cars, but in the future, everyone's just going to go to Tesla. They're just going to go to GM. They're just going to go to Nissan and just buy the car. Mm -hmm. And I had always, you know, my rebuttal to that was super simple. It's like, yeah, well, every single state has like legislation that blocks that from happening. And there's hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars in infrastructure and valuations and everything tied up in this market working the way it currently does. This is a long-winded way I'm going to come around to Are we seeing the first signs of that cracking in the sense that tesla is a trillion dollar company which is bonkers uh they're a trillion dollar company gm is a 78 billion dollar company that's their market cap right now and they're losing money gm's dealer franchise dealer partners are going through the roof they're excited and happy like i actually think and again when i We started the business, like we knew this was coming, but we thought, okay, this is like 30, 40 years off. Now it feels like it might be 10 years off or five years off or even sooner. I'm curious, both of you guys, what your takes on that
2: are. Well, uh, very quickly, my only thing is there's still a lot of lobbying dollars um, with the automotive industry. So, I mean, they have deep pockets. I don't want to say they're like big tobacco or anything like that. I just don't know the numbers off the top of my head. But, you know, I think that um, in that how car dealerships will rip you off video, that's the video that kind of blew up my channel. You know, a lot of these car guys were coming into the comments section, you know, very angrily saying like, oh, you know, you're clueless, this and that. I was basically saying, dude, in 20 years, the dealership model may not even exist, you know. So uh, that's kind of like a broad, um, you know, big picture kind of a thesis. But, you know, look at how fast everything is changing in terms of whether it's, you know, digital currency or central bank digital currencies or, you know, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, all these things that are either like a meme or a joke or they have actual utility. Um, I feel like with um, Moore's law, with technology doubling, you know, every certain amount of years, Who knows what, you know, the future is going to look like with this kind of business model. So part of me is like, you know, I I side with the younger generation of, hey, the Tesla model is like really, really easy. It's super simple, no haggle, that kind of a thing. And then part of me is like, hey, look at all the dollars and lobbying that are behind the automotive industry. So as always, it's kind of a non-answer, but I fall somewhere in the middle. But I still believe that things will change. I just don't know how fast.
0: Well, I I, I agree with you. I do think things will change, but I don't think it's it's really coming anytime soon and and one of the reasons i say that is if dealerships are making more money than they've ever made and they are and and the large public retailers are consolidating the industry which they are um there's even that means there's even more money to be spent on lobbying to protect their interests and the one thing i figured out in 70 years of living is well the the bigger your donation to politicians um, the the latter, they hear you. Um, you know, if somebody's donating, I don't know, a million dollars, are they going to listen to him more than they're going to listen to me when I donate ten? And I'm, I'm pretty sure the guy donating a million, he gets that, that, that the politician's ear. And so, as long as there's all that money out there to protect dealer interests, I think we'll continue to see that happening. Just show me, me the money show me <laughs> the money i'm not saying you can
1: buy my dad off i'm just saying he's, he's <laughs> up a little bit um now, so i agree with both of you but i think it's interesting to to put into perspective that toyota exists to make money honda exists to make money, gm exists to make money and they're looking at their partners who are being hoggish right now we use the phrase or piggish right now what is it it's um
0: Pigs get, get fat, problem. hogs get slaughtered, slaughtered right? Mm-hmm. And I
1: just think there might be a little bit of envy there. And we see so much communications out of the corporate offices, especially of GM, um, about like, essentially, they want to be valued like Tesla is something that their CEO has said they're investing in electric We're a software company. Like, I see envy, I sense envy, uh, not only to like Tesla, but also to their dealer partners. And I think that, you know, ultimately supply will bounce back. We have the chip shortage, which we're all acutely aware of. We have the potential magnesium shortage, which still news out of China is that there's, they've got like a, a, an energy crisis that is withholding the capacity to produce uh, magnesium. They're the largest magnesium supplier in the world. Like. Our supply chain issues are not going to get resolved because the, the ball is going to drop on New Year's and now we're in a brand new year. And so I think this hardship that may or may not be baked into the stock price is still going to be there next year. And I think that could drive some of the money that the OEMs have to lobby potentially even against their dealer partners. I'm not saying it happens next year. I just think it's happening. It's going to happen a lot sooner than um, than would have the, the, COVID has precipitated that, right? Because of the experience we've had now, it's moving it along more rapidly.
0: Well, I, I think digital retailing uh, is moving along more rapidly. I just, I, I, I'm telling you, I, with 17,000 dealerships out there and all the money they're making and all the money that they can spend, it'll be years and years and years before that model is ever really dismantled. Um, now, the years and years and years, it might be 10 or 15 or 20 years, um, when in the past, I might have thought it was 30 or 40. Um, But even 15 or 20 years, that's a long time when you're my age. It's like, well, hell, I, I'm never going to see that. But you <laughs> kids will. Knock on wood. Yeah, not yeah,
1: so a couple comments came through in the chat here. We've got from Brian Monroe. This is like when KD joined the work. <laughs> <laughs> well, show
0: me hopefully. the rings, baby. <laughs> yeah. hopefully yeah. Marco doesn't leave us to join the Nets. <laughs> this
1: is the big three for one. <laughs> Zach, and Marco. Yeah, this is kind of like when D Wade, Chris Bosh, and and LeBron went to the Heat. Yeah, way back when yeah. And, this could be the start of something i'm just saying (laughs) and kimberly's saying i'm a big fan and subscriber of marco thank you for being here Marco." thank you uh yeah so it's awesome it's awesome having the the platform and to be able to interact with uh, with you marco and we had dave b sell chevy on yesterday the folks from black book the week before let us know in the chat and in the comments down below or please keep leaving us podcast reviews who you want us to invite onto the show next guys i want to switch gears there is something really interesting going on in the rental car market. Hertz. Hertz has their order, we talked about a few days ago, 100,000 Tesla Model 3s that they've bought, or at least they've signed, I guess, a purchase agreement for. I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the legalese is around this, but they're going to spend $4.2 billion to buy 100,000 Teslas. Did either of you get a chance to hear about how Carvana has entered into this role as well as part of the deal?
0: I, I did read that today where where Carvana basically is going to become a commissioned salesperson, in essence, uh, to help relieve hurts of their EV inventory when it's time to sell them.
1: So hear me out here, guys. I want to have this conversation. Elon Musk or whoever is running uh, shop at Tesla, they're brilliant because there are the franchise laws that say an OEM can't sell directly to a consumer right like that that exists in some states there's carve-outs specifically for Tesla or specifically for Rivian or specifically for Lucid like very 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 narrow carve-outs essentially what they've done by by selling cars to Hertz for the rental fleet is they've got a hundred thousand cars that are now going to be test driven by a variety of people and instead of setting up their own dealerships to sell cars they've now partnered with Carvana to do the, the selling I mean We've just side-skirted all of the 50 states franchise dealer laws to do test drives and to sell cars. It's brilliant. Like I'm in disbelief um, at how the industry's progressed and now hurts by attaching onto to Carvana and Tesla, two really hot tech stock type companies. Their stocks are going crazy, their valuations going crazy, and they're back from the dead. They were bankrupt. What was it 6 months ago? 4 months. 4, ago. Months, four
2: months ago. Yeah.
1: What's your take on all this uh, Marco?
2: Well, I think this is similar to, it's kind of like Uber, you know, it's like you kind of ask for forgiveness rather than permission. You know, you just kind of say, Hey, forget your taxi laws, forget your taxi lobby, you know, that kind of a thing. You just build the app and break it and then, you know, deal with the lawsuits later. So, um, I'm not saying there's gonna be lawsuits or anything. I'm sure there will be, but my point is, is I think that things are moving so fast to my previous point with the Moore's law to where it's just kind of just like ask for forgiveness rather than permission kind of a thing.
0: I, I I agree, and it's a good thing you you mentioned Uber because uh, Hertz also signed an agreement with Uber where though they will rent these vehicles to Uber drivers for I think it's three hundred and thirty nine dollars a week, and um, they'll be able to uh, drive people around in these Teslas. Um, so in essence, you know they're they're leasing these vehicles for for what fifteen hundred dollars fourteen hundred some dollars a month mm-hmm. um it seems to me they've Hertz has figured out a ways to make a few bucks here we've well, got I, oh sorry so go ahead. ahead oh real <laughs> quick
2: yeah sorry sorry my bad Zach. <laughs> uh real quick real quick I think that uh the big elephant in the room especially for all these like um you know rideshare you know gig employees if you will um I feel like Uber is just going to toss them in the garbage once, uh, you know, these cars become automated. You know, they're going to say, thanks for your service. Have a good day. And I think once these things become automated, they're just going to be yesterday's news, you know, and they're going to pull the rug out from them. So, you know, it's the market. It is what it is. But, you know, who knows how many years we have until all that stuff gets approved and it's you know safe and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I feel like it's almost inevitable. I think five, 10 years from now, like I just had a daughter in August, 16 years from now, she may not even know how to drive a
0: car. She might not have to worry about uh, taking a driver's test. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Also, just Marco had a daughter very recently. That's going to get the first. Raishefska stamp <laughs>
0: of approval.
1: What is that? Like I hate myself, but I also love myself. Yeah that 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 was, that was bad.
0: <laughs> what is? I don't even know what it says.
1: It's, <laughs> it's Rachel, the Raishefska yeah, stamp
0: of approval.
1: There, I'll give it but, to you on the screen. Yeah. There oh. you go. <laughs>
0: We have fun uh,
1: here, Marco. We have fun here. Unbelievable. Um, yeah.
0: it's, it's educational, informational, and uh, comical all at the good. same time. That's the best combo. Yes. Yeah.
1: So a couple of things. things. Um, we have in the chat, we go on Twitch. I don't know if you're ever on Twitch, Marco. We have no. We fundamentally don't understand it, um, but we're there. <laughs> and so if anyone ever tunes in there and puts something in the chat, we would pull it up. So this is from Tatia, hun- Tatia, I don't know, Hunter. It's possible this could be Hertz getting purchased by Tesla. Again, that's like actually a really interesting thought, right? Because if you think of the rental car market as essentially your way to do test drives and also get some utility in there as well, right, and expose the brand, and then if you have your selling partner in Carvana, I mean, there's just so much. It makes so much sense.
2: Well, this is uh, not a good viewing experience, but if you go to my Instagram, just whiteboard finance, uh, Zach, if you want to pull that up, uh, it's not going to focus. It's going to focus on there my face. Is, so yes. that red, that red rectangle. These are market caps of car manufacturers. That red rectangle right here, there, yeah, that's Tesla. This is everyone else combined. Um, so if you want to pull that up, it's on my Instagram, but basically, it's just saying like Toyota, Volkswagen, Daimler, GM, BMW, Ford, Ferrari, you know, everyone, all the big players. Um, they're 1.1, it's a trillion less, or not trillion, excuse me, billion sorry, what am I trying to say here? 1100 billion, I believe, which would be 1.1 trillion. Sorry, (laughs) brain's not working. haven't had lunch yet. Uh, It's less than Tesla's market cap.
1: Yeah, no. And and it was actually just the other day when Tesla's stock was skyrocketing off of the Hertz news. And I'm going to pull this up so everyone can see. um, Tesla's market cap increased more than Ford's entire market capitalization just in the one day. Yeah, that's insane. And yes, Marco is on uh, on Instagram at whiteboard. (laughs) Yeah, I just post memes. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's either pictures of my daughter or memes. So be careful, tread carefully. (laughs) Um, But it's super
1: interesting what's going on there. And I think the Carvana connection and the Uber connection. One one thing, there's a name within automotive, a gentleman named Scott Painter. He's tried for a long, long time. He was um, his most recent company was a company called Fair, and I think they went bankrupt. But now they're doing something else again. His whole big push is essentially like mobility. You should be able to. He was a big um, a big advocate for subscribing to a car. If you guys remember, like all the different OEMs came out with subscription programs for vehicles. We're mm-hmm. kind of getting back to that in the sense of like, you can now do a one week lease and use it as a gig economy you know make money off of it then Carvana gets it like you can start to see how all of these pieces tie back together and it's fascinating to see how the markets react to it and honestly how consumers react to it as well we're all going to be excited to hop in a model three they're cool they're fun
2: yeah. So I think, uh, so without going too, too deep, cause it's only 1230 on a Thursday, maybe if this was like over a beer at a bar or something, it'd be more appropriate. But I feel like, um, this, this sharing economy, whether it's cars, whether it's cars, whether it's housing, whether it's, you know, whatever, I really feel like, you know, this, uh, uh, World Economic Forum, International Monetary Fund that always says you will own nothing and be happy is really starting to come to fruition uh, <laughs> within the next you know, 10, 20 years. People are just going to share everything. You know, It's like, what are you going to own in the future? So I really feel like that's that uh, squeeze on the middle class that we're seeing, just being able to live um, is getting more and more expensive to where renting or leasing on short-term um, terms may actually make sense, to your point.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, sorry about that noise there I was trying to pull up. We have uh, some questions in the chat about what's going to happen with the car market with the magnesium shortage. So I wanted to toss in the chat. We actually did a whole article back on the Join YAA website about the magnesium shortage. So as we're getting information um, from Bloomberg, from Reuters, from the Financial Times, um, we're putting it right here back on the Join YAA website. And Marco, I don't know if you got a chance We have some really cool data back on the website. Um, It's here about inventory by state. And so, here, just to to give you some context, let's come all the way down here. You're in Ohio. It's really fascinating. We can actually see the breakout of, whoops, I got it loaded, the breakout of how inventory levels have changed in your state. So many inventories are down 92%. But mm-hmm. look at that. Alpha Romeo inventories are up 49%. So if you're in the uh, yeah, Midwest and you're looking for an Alfa Romeo, <laughs> um, maybe that's the, the place to go somewhere. That, Ohio, that's where or. you need to be. It's just crazy looking at some of the numbers here. Uh, so sorry for the noise before, but it was because I'm trying to get data in the people's hands. I'm, a, I'm an advocate for data.
0: Well, we're okay. an advocate for more than that.
2: <laughs> I thought it was another uh, Ray Shevska approved. Uh...
0: Yeah. Oh, you you don't know you don't know how
1: many ad libs we got. They're pretty good, honestly, in my opinion.
0: If I blow up, ladies and gentlemen, it's only because I had an internal sneeze, <laughs> not an external one. <laughs>
1: We have a good time here Well, gents, it's been a half hour We got through what we need to get through In the sense of the OEMs and the dealerships Their earnings going crazy The Carvana news with the Hertz news With the Uber news With the Tesla news Four companies I never thought I would put in the same sentence But it is what it is And Marco, we got a chance to get you on here And we got a KD joining the
2: um, uh, Golden State Warriors comment So I think my day's made (laughs) As long as I get a ring out of it, I'm happy to sell out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so okay. what we learned today is my dad can be on out, and Marco wants a championship ring. So I, right. I, 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 I I'm, my gears are spinning, gents. I'll, I'll, so I'll who's
2: your, your, your Steph Curry? Who's your dad? Is he like Iguodala? <laughs> who
0: is he? Ooh. I'm, I'm not sure. You, you got to think somebody the, that can't move or jump.
1: Like I'm thinking of prime Andrew Bogut. That's a, that the vibe I get from my dad. He kind of
0: looks like him. him. Look
2: like him like no, I,
0: I think I'm think Michael a Candy. Oh, you know, one of the great school. first round busts of all time. The Candy
1: Man. I love it. I love it. Well, Marco, thanks for being on. For those who aren't familiar with you, where can they find out more about you and, and the work that you do?
2: Yeah, so I have a, a personal finance investing real estate channel. I talk a little bit about everything. It's Whiteboard Finance on YouTube. Uh, Instagram is whiteboard finance one word and then Twitter is whiteboard fin f I N.
1: Well, very I like cool. that. And we've got from uh, uh, from <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> That's <laughs> a bad. good one. I yeah. love it. I love it. Well, thank you both for doing this, Pops. As always, I love you and I appreciate you being a part of this. Marco, if we spend more time together, maybe I'll say that to you at the end of shows as well. But <laughs> baby steps.
2: My pleasure. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to come on whenever you guys want. And uh, it was a fun, very fun time to say the least. Thanks Thanks so much, Marco. We really,
0: really appreciate it. It was great.
2: My my pleasure, guys. Have a good one.
0: You
1: too. Bye bye. Bye. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening.
0: See you soon.